Welcome to episode 208 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Noir Vember series starts with the Maltese Falcon from 1941. Welcome, everyone, to the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Mushmouth Maddie. And I'm Adam. You can call yourself Ashtray Adam. Ashtray. And you could be like, kiss him with the, pump, kiss him with the wrench, Kyle. <laughs> I heard the term, yeah, what, you kiss him with the wrench or something? During uh, I was watching Detour. I'm like, that is the greatest term I have ever heard. Oh, yeah. I want to kiss somebody with a wrench. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're into November. We're out of Shocktober. Yes, uh, uh, Much needed rest. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I I'll be honest. I think this is my this is the third time we've done this now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. This might be my favorite thing in terms of like, uh, at least in terms of of, of average score. Uh, you know, uh, over if we probably went and did all our series more yeah. than Hitchcock. I, oh. I think there's been a couple Hitchcocks that have been a little bit lower. We did. So, I, guess, I guess to be and, fair, we've been picking for noirs. We're kind of. Picking a lot of like the yeah the big guns. I think after this we will start getting into maybe second tier. Yeah, like have we covered all the the after this the the kind of the main ones? I, I guess there's still there's like, still some. I think yeah. there's got to be a ton. Out of right? the past, we haven't covered yet, yeah. which you watched last year yeah. and enjoy. I would have picked that for this. Mm-hmm. That would have probably the been asphalt mine. jungle. Is, uh, is that a big one? Yeah, it's a fairly big one. Um, I think there's yeah there's st- you but you're mm. right. You're you're starting to get away from like. I feel like I've seen the a, the a game after this month. Like what we have upcoming, I think I'll have seen the big ones that uh, I'll be. Yeah. So you're gonna try to watch Asphalt Jungle this month? No, I've already seen that. Oh, you've seen that one. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a couple of big ones I watched last year, last no, Noir November. Um, so I, I feel like I again maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I've seen the, the big ones uh, yeah, at this point. I think. How do you guys keep these movies um, separated? In my mind, I, I people ask me, "Well, what happened to the Big Sleep?" I I, I don't know. Is that the one the girl gets coffee in the face? Maybe. <laughs> like, I feel like I, I, I've seen all not the one. Yeah. yeah, I know. What's that called? Like White the big heat? heat? The Big the Heat. The Big Heat. Yeah. Like. To be fair, those are like similar names. And, yeah. Oh, you have Sunset Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I might try to watch this month. Uh, and Ace in the Hole. Oh, okay. Is that, that's a noir? That's like a prison movie, right? No, it's a, so it, it's, it's a reporter that goes oh, to somewhere. Oh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. like, I, I think the one thing that ends up happening is we start to go away from they're not all crime noirs. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I do find for me the ones that I seem to, to like the most are the ones that go more into the crime. And the ones that are more go into the drama side don't don't work as work as well yeah. for you. As well. I think Ace in a Hole is still pretty goddamn gritty. Like it's yeah. uh it, 
Is that is that on Criterion? Maybe I'll try to watch that this month. Or are you saying I should? No, I don't think year? it's on. Okay. I do. I own it. I'm pretty sure. Criterion actually, the the streaming channel. I, I was kind of disappointed this year for their November. Like I went on and I was like thinking there's gonna be all these like big ones, ones I haven't seen, and there wasn't much on there. Like there's even films that like I found and they open with like the Criterion logo, but they're streaming on another service and not in Criterion. Right. Which huh. is weird. Yeah. This this is probably the least. I think in depth they've gone mm-hmm. with it, but they they did a noir series early in the year too, yeah, yeah. the Fox noir, and I think that probably cost a yeah, bit of money yeah. to to get. Um, but yeah, we we are like I think there's still great noirs, but I think yeah next year we'll be out of it. This year though, it's still pretty high up, tippity top of the well, yeah. noir. What well, we talk about probably one of the most reputation wise like, popular. Yeah, we we did. Did we mention we are? Yes, <laughs> the Maltese Falcon's got to be like, up there, like if not the most popular one, right? Yeah. Like, well, I, I think it's considered the one that kind of kicks it off. It's kind of yeah. like the Halloween of noirs. It's not the first, but it's kind yeah. of the one that that kind of you know after that there was no mm. turning back, and you're getting a hundred movies in a year, which that is a thing. I mean, there we maybe have seen a lot of the A game, but there's a lot of fucking noir. Like Kino alone. <laughs> Yeah. I think yeah. they're gonna. They've just announced like their fourteenth well, box set of noirs. And they're all like nine films in these box sets, right? Well, I think like, no. I think there's only three or four. Uh, but there's they've also released a ton of other films outside of these box sets. So I think Kino alone has probably released uh, 150 noirs, maybe. Ooh. And that's one company. That's not including Criterion. That's not including Shelf Factory. Like. You know, and that's not including stuff that hasn't made it to disc or hasn't made it to mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Well, There's a lot to watch. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've ever been on the site. Uh, they shoot pictures, don't uh, don't they? Uh, and it's it's so. basically like they do this thousand list that accumulates like a, a ton of data uh, to to come up with the best thousand mm-hmm. movies in terms of like critical response, directors lists, everything. Like this guy, where's and, Pledge Night on there? <laughs> I, he's now got a, a master list. That goes into the tens of thousands. It's crazy. Oh, that's insane. So, so I think the guy that runs it retired recently, and it's all of a sudden just got all these more and more. But I've been probably looking at it since mid-aughts. And uh, he's also got the, uh, they, sh- uh, they shot dark pictures, didn't they? And it's a thousand, the best noirs. noirs. Now, I don't think those ones are in order. I think it's just like listed alphabetically. Yeah. Well, I actually got uh, as a gift, I believe, for, for Be- from Becky for Christmas, I think, but it's like the I think it's the Noir Encyclopedia and it's like this coffee table, like as thick as a Bible, hardcover. It's like 500 pages, if not more and every page is like a couple movies. So yeah, it's yeah. insane. And you start to <laughs> go into like uh, and, I- and that's not including neo-noirs as well, which you know, it was kind of everything after what the fifties, sixties, probably. 60s, yeah, because yeah. because Touch of Evil might be the end yeah. of the classic era. So, would the remake of the Killers be considered a neo noir? Probably, yeah. That's sixty four, right? Yeah, I think once it gets into color, for sure, right? Yeah. Like, is there any color movies that would still be considered a noir? Some people say Lever to Heaven. Okay, which yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I would probably still put that into that category. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Lever to Beaver. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not, they're not the same, right? It's not, not, not quite It's not the like same. The, the movie version of that. Um, <laughs> Things didn't work out well for the Beaver. He turned to the dark underbelly of crime. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, like uh, this may be a good segue because I watched one of these noirs that's a little bit of a, its own subcategory. Um, and, and the subcategory is kind of like whodunit noirs. 
Um, and and I'm I'm kind of interested in in seeing uh, some more of these. Uh, and then there were none. The yeah, that's yeah, considered one of. Oh, them is as well. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I watched from 1946, Green for Danger. Have you guys heard of this one? No. It's been on my watch list for I think a couple years now. Um, and it's basically it's during a Nazi raid, a postman gets buried under some rubble, and then they have to do surgery the next day, and he dies, and it's supposed to be just for, like, a broken leg, mm-hmm. but he seems to know a bunch of people, and there's, like, some weird stuff going on with before the surgery takes place, and he dies from the, like, once they start giving him an anesthetic, and it seems suspicious, no one really knows, and then all of a sudden there's this big party at the end, and one of the nurses basically says, it was murder, and I've got proof why, and then she gets murdered, it's Ooh, a, it's a really great setup. That sounds pretty good. And then Alistair Sim comes in huh. as Inspector Cockrell, <laughs> Scrooge himself, eh? <laughs> and he is so goddamn good in this. This is one of the best film detectives I think I've seen. He's he's like crazy smug and sarcastic, but kind of dark. And he just like he feels like he knows everything. And and you know people are wanting to mm-hmm. leave, and he's just like. Uh, he leaves like a beat, a beat, a beat. He's like, oh, no, 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 you can't leave. Like, <laughs> um, So he's a lot of fun. You've also got Trevor Howard who's in there. Uh, Leo Gen, who I think was the doctor in Frightmare, like when he's older that you guys mm. had. Uh, I think both, both of you yeah, have seen that like for our, sh- our uh, slasher list. Anyways, he's got a great cast. They're all very memorable. But it's going to be one of these five people is the murderer. Uh, and, and it kind of sets up uh, some interesting things. The noir stuff plays early. And then it goes into more of the standard kind of whodunit, but it's a great whodunit. I, I think I had put this on my list that year that uh, Scorsese and Edgar Wright were going back and forth with uh, picks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, through that email during the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just seemed really interesting. I added a bunch of them, and now I don't remember until I look at them and go, <laughs> why did I add this to my list? Like, um, Anyways, really, really enjoyable. Uh, I, I like that it kind of keeps you guessing till the end with some of these always don't and, and in a fun way hey, was it like a satisfying ending or was it one of them like oh you gotta be kidding me no endings. no very satisfying okay. ending. great ending there's nothing worse than who done at the end is like really that like okay fair enough like yeah i i don't want to go into it but it, yeah. it does some stuff that's both interesting the actual reason why it happened i think the, the it's a serviceable whodunit mm. but what that how it wraps up at the end it goes above and beyond. Like, I, I don't think the whodunit itself is like, holy shit, greatest yeah. whodunit <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably why it's not like it's not like ultimate, ver- ultimate. verbal. In a <laughs> but it's uh, st- it's still pretty. I'm going to give this 8.5. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bump it. yeah like that, that was fantastic. Green, green for danger? Green for danger. I think both of you, both you guys yeah. like whodunits. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I stand by. Next year, I'd still like to do a month of whodunits? murder mysteries yeah. and whodunits. Yeah. So this I watched. It's not a, a noir, but on the fifth of November, I watched V for Vendetta. As you do. When's the last time you guys checked this movie out? Ten, ten years ago, I, I think. It is fucking awesome. Like I remember loving this movie, but as you watch, like wow, this is crazy. Yeah, when like, I re- I rewatched it, and again, it doesn't. That would have been like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, yeah. and that seemed like wow. It's been a long time since I watched this. Yeah, time is a weird thing, people. It uh, really is. And it impressed me, and I thought that might have been one. I had watched a, a lot of movies from the, like the early two thousand, yeah. late nineties, into this is two thousand six, maybe or I think it's like two thousand or eight, yeah. two thousand five, two thousand five. So yeah, that's a perfect example of a movie that maybe a decade later I would have gone back to and mm-hmm. maybe been a little bit cooler. But this one, 
I thought it was great. It holds up still. And even, uh, I forget the guy's name who uh, played uh, V. He is so good. Even though he's behind a mask, you can tell he is actually like, Articulating everything with yeah, his, the body the movements subtle are incredible. Of his head, it's like wow, this is so good. And the story itself is so uh, sprawling and smart and well done. I guess it's based on the uh, graphic novel by Alan Moore. Have you, have you read the graphic it novel? It is awesome. Yeah. I love the graphic novel. And it's fairly close to the actual. Yeah, like this yeah. is a little bit polished, actiony yeah, that you would you expect if you maybe read the graphic novel. But yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of this adaptation mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I got an 8.5. It is such a, it's a hard hitting movie. When you watched it in like 2006, it was a hard movie you watch it now it's like even harder like wow you can see how this could play out right we're already in, in front of our eyes working like, towards it, that. it seems yeah. so uh, uh yeah frightening <laughs> like, had you had you revisited this recently kyle no th- this has been on my list for a, a long yeah. time I, I keep on probably like you i have tons of movies that i want to like either watch for the first time yeah. that i've bought yeah. on blu-ray or rewatch. i actually uh <clears throat> just this past week put together a list I'm just going through movies that like I bought with the intention like I really want to fucking watch this right now. Yeah. And then I bought it and it's on a shelf for like three years. <laughs> so I've made a com- I've made a list. I mean, there's thousands of movies I haven't watched yeah. that I probably own. But I made a list of like I've narrowed it down to like 300 of like movies I want to watch right now. Right. Um, so yeah, th- this is one I'm hoping to revisit. So and the cast is so stacked in this. Like everybody in the Stephen Ray thing, is great in this. He is so good. Uh, uh, Hurt is so well as like the actual chancellor. Oh, yeah. Like my God, everyone is batting 100 in this film. And Fry, it's both Stevens, right? Fry yeah, and you, Ray, you got it. Yeah, they're uh, the they're both great. Yeah, I I yeah I, I feel. I don't know when yeah. I'll get back to this. This is why sometimes our Next, year November fifth, man. Like you got to watch it November fifth. Like yeah, that that would be the time uh, yeah. to to do it. It's just like this year I've determined I have to rewatch Planes, Trains, around American Thanksgiving. Oh okay. Yeah, I I think I watched that last year. This year is that I'm gonna, streaming anywhere? I'm gonna go for no. Dutch this year. Dutch. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> the Thanksgiving class. So last year, it was streaming, and then the day it was American Thanksgiving. That was the day it left that seems Netflix so or whatever. No, I, I, from what I've read, like a lot of these um, cable companies bought the rights. So, like, probably on that day, some other cable company had the rights. TBS to that movie. Uh, I know, so like, they, there's certain Christmas movies where it gets pulled off Netflix around Christmas. And you're like, what the fuck? It's because <laughs> like some other cable company had yeah. bought the rights to the Charlie Brown for the season or whatever. I think Charlie Brown is now on Apple permanently or something or Crave, one of those? It might be might actually. Be on, no, Apple, I think. Um, yeah. But I think they bought the lights. But it, usually a lot of that comes down to that kind of stuff because you see that all the time or like Halloween films are pulled off. I was all Halloween pumped. I was like, this is what I'm watching. This good. Wait a So I, 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 uh, I do have the Blu-ray uh, now. So you, you buckled down and you bought it, huh? I'm going to do that. Great, but yeah. it is, it's just like... There's these movies that you just let go and go and go because you have this other stack. And sometimes mm. you just have to, like, what you're doing is, like, narrow it down. This is what I need to watch. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've definitely thought about that for next year already. Like, what are you going to watch? What's important? Yeah, that, that's why I'm, I got this list. So anytime I watch, I'm not even going to my shelf. I'm just pulling something off this list. Yeah, it's a smart idea. Getting through these ones that, like, I know either I'm going to love or, like, I'm just excited to watch. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, because there's so many. Like yeah. I, we talked about that, uh, they shoot pictures, don't they? And I started going through that at one point and trying to see everything at least in the top 200 or 250. I can't remember what I got to, but it, there's still so many of those yeah. movies that I've 
not seen. And these well, are because four hundred movies come out every year. I know. You know what I'm saying? Even if you only watch like a thirty, that's that's a month worth of movies. You know what I'm saying? I think for me too, and like Adam's been a part of this. It's like a you know one of these kino or something will have a sale. And you buy like sixty movies. Yeah. So and when do you when do you you know you might get through one or two of those, but the rest are going to go on your shelf. And, it's and a lot like, of the Kino ones are good movies. Yeah. But they're not always these movies that you've been dying to have yeah, in your yeah, collection yeah. either. And you sometimes like luck out and you get something that you go, oh my god, how how have I never saw this or why wasn't this? Mm-hmm. I think Silent Partner, the one you gifted me, was a Kino release, wasn't it? Or, yeah, that's Kino. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's a kind of special movie that. You know, could be in that conversation, but a lot of them are the the next tier down. It's the same way with the the noirs. It's going to be the suspect, mm-hmm. or maybe you'll get a Scarlet Street. I guess Scarlet Street is another pretty big one. The uh, and Woman in the Window that we haven't done, covered on this too. Yeah, there's a lot of noirs. Yeah. Well, th- th- this kind of goes into my to, to my uh, what I watched because I've actually been kind of like at least on the streaming side on my way to work trying to find shit that like. These are movies that I should have seen by now. What one one kind mm. of decade that I haven't uh, I've kind of ignored is the Silent Era, the uh, um, the Charlie Chaplins, the Buster Keatons. Haven't seen any of this stuff really. Um, so before Halloween, I watched Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin. I'm not going to talk about it because that was a month ago. But I, I really did dig that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get through more with Charlie Chaplin. But I did watch some Buster Keaton this week. Uh, just two of, uh, I guess one's a short and one's kind of feature length, but I watched, and I don't What do they do at a, call it a one reeler or something? There was, they used to say <laughs> like, like a two, two, two reeler or something. Yeah. I, I have something like that. But yeah, so I, and I don't know if you've seen these, at least according to Letterboxd, which I thought you'd seen a lot of these movies. Um, but so the first one I did was one week from 1920. So one week is the one I, I saw in university, but. We were watching a bunch of them. Yeah. You thought it was a bare naked ladies documentary, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, "What and is I, this I, bullshit?" <laughs> and I just kind of they kind of all have glommed together, yeah. so I haven't uh, okay. I haven't added it to the list because I might have, you know, I I don't know. You had to go to the bathroom. So, so if you if you don't know Buster Keaton, like there's been a lot of YouTube videos uh, out there lately just about how crazy this guy. This guy's the original stuntman, the original oh, yeah. Jackie Chan, the original Tom Cruise. Like the shit this guy was doing is insane. Uh, and I guess he wrote, directed, and starred in a lot of his films. I know this one he did this short. Um, yeah, most of them are, are, are until he kind of gets... Uh, uh, he has a bomb, I think, and then the company gets bought out and they never really give him the uh, control again, and that's the end of his career. He also, like, his body starts to, like... As you which will, makes right? Sense. It's, just, it's just so fucked. So so this is just a simple plot, and again, it's, it's this one was 20 minutes long, so it really moves along, it gets going, but they're newlyweds. They uh, inherit this wedding gift from their uncle, and it's pretty much a home in a kit. So they've inherited this land, and they got this box, and there's, like, the instructions and just, like, follow the instructions. So, like, this is box number one, box number two, and they're going to put together a house. They actually used to sell houses like that back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can buy it and, like, all right, here's your house. Oh, really? Figure yeah. it out, yeah. Um, so I guess there's a man that was rejected by his now wife, and he comes and sabotages it, and he paints, switches the numbers around. Um, so it's done building this house and it's crazy. There's doors in the top of the house that go nowhere, slanted windows. It's just this insane house. You know, there's like the sink is on the outside of the house, but he like flips it and it turns. It's like, it's just so fun watching yeah. this, this on this. And then like, it's just gag after gag after gag. Like th- there's a storm and the house starts spinning 
and and he's grabbing on as it's swimming and he's swinging around like i don't know how to describe it i just i had so much fun with this and then all the different people that are coming in and some guy you know he's pull he's trying to pull this piano through and he's got this this rope attached to the roof of his living room or something but it pulls the whole floor down and there's another yeah. guy there and then it shoots him up and his head gets stuck in the roof and he has to get out but it's like it's all like Real practical effects. There's this insane scene that I don't know how do they do it. So the guy's on the second floor. He's running after Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton opens the door that just goes out to the middle of nowhere. But this guy is running out the door and just runs from the second floor and just keeps on almost like flies. Like Wiley Coyote? Yeah. And, and then like crashes into a thing. And I'm just like, I had to rewind it, watch it three times. I'm like, this is fucking insane. How do you Yeah, do there's this? a bunch of optical illusion stuff that they, yeah. I've, I've watched uh, some behind the scenes of both his and, and, and Chaplin's. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you know the trick, you mm-hmm. can kind of see it usually. Yeah, like, like something seems a little bit mm-hmm. off, but I, I couldn't figure but it out. But you can't, you can't, your eyes are totally like the illusion. You They betray you? They betray yeah. you for sure. But even like the, there's where like the house falls down and he's standing in the window. Like the big if famous he's off shot. by like a foot, yeah, this thing is fucking him. crashing and killing him. And there's, there's all, I don't know, it's just gag after gag. I, I had a lot of fun with this, so I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll just do the other one quickly, because same thing. So Second Chance is 1925, again, directed and starring Buster Keaton. So this is one, I guess he plays a junior partner in a brokerage firm, um, and their firm is on the brink of financial ruin, but he gets this letter, a lawyer gives him this letter, that his grandfather has, he's passed away, and he's going to inherit $7 million, which this is in the 1920s, an insane amount of money, with the catch that he has to marry someone by 7 p.m. on his 27th birthday. And he looks and he's like, and the guy's like, so when's your birthday? And he looks and he's like, oh, it's today. (laughs) (laughs) So he has to get married by the end of the day. um, And he's got this sweetheart and he goes and proposes to her. But then she's like, oh, so what, you know, what, what, made you want to marry me right away and he's like oh i have to for this thing so she kind of is like what the fuck you just marry me because you have to <laughs> and then so he's going and trying to hit on these various women and it doesn't work out and then his partner puts an ad in the newspaper that uh you know he has to be married by this time you're and he's going to inherit this much money if you marry him so hundreds of women show up and then the clergyman comes out though and he thinks it's all a ruse or something he's like this is all a joke or something and he goes off and now all the women think that this is a prank he pulled on them. So he's getting chased down the street by hundreds <laughs> of brides. And, and and like up to this point, I'm like, this is okay. It's kind of funny. I'm, I'm digging this. But it's not like amazing. And then like the last 20 minutes is fucking insane. So this ch- it's like this chase scene. They're going down like this steep hill and there's this huge paper mache rocks chasing them. And he's deking those out. There's he's just jumping across cliff sides, like huge jumps in the, like uh, it's insane. There's a tree. He jumps onto this like 30 foot tree and then it like falls down. Like it's insane. Like all these stunts and everything he's doing. It's just one gag after another. He's hanging from, um, uh, like what do you call like, uh, in a construction site where it has like, crane? A, a, yeah, crane. Uh, he's hanging from this crane and it's like, it pulls him up and he's like, 60 feet in the air or whatever, and he's hanging off this and it's swinging around. Like, (laughs) all this, it's all so insane, and it's just this 20 minutes of insanity and gag after gag after gag. Like, there's usually other things going on. So, yes, he's doing this insane thing, plus he... The, everything else that has to interact yeah. with that insane thing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I just checked. I don't know why. I, I know for sure I've, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, so, I, I think this is like his first, I think, is this his, the debut? Like his first kind of actual film film? Uh, not no, I think um, Sherlock Jr. 
is before oh, this. Okay. And is that that's like film length, not a twenty minute short? Yeah, anything? it's okay. it, well, it's it's forty five. Which anything oh, yeah, over yeah, forty five yeah. is yeah. is a, is a um, but yeah, I, I, I a dug this one. I'm gonna give this uh, seven and a half. Um, I think I could, I feel like the twenty minute one moved at a little bit pace because yeah. that one there's no dead air. Whereas this one, I feel like the first. You know, 30 minutes are, are pretty good and stuff, but it's really those last 20 minutes. I will say, I mean, I know I've seen reviews and people giving this one terrible reviews because, you know, there's whatever product stuff of its time. You have to accept this at 20s. I mean, yeah, listen. you just have to deal with it. There's going to be shit that's going to offend you that's not going to be okay. Were you upset age. like there was no, like, you're turning up your volume on your phone? Like, what the fuck, yeah. man? Like- <laughs> this, is a, this is 100 years ago, folks. Yeah. 100 years ago. Yeah. You got to accept that there's going to be some shit that would not fly these days, but don't let it ruin. Again, it's all like little bit pieces. It's not like the main plot is, is you're you know, not watching, that. um, uh, DW Griffith's film here. Uh, birth innovation. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just picked that up. Cause I've, I've, I've heard that it's like this important piece of cinema, even though it's so crazy racist, but I, I've been curious. Do you know what the first movie showed in the white house was? It, it, was, it was that. Yeah, birth <laughs> well, birth of a nation basically created narrative cinema. I've hmm. seen Birth of a Nation. It's it's not. I don't find it that great of a movie. To be honest, I'm more excited hmm. about the documentaries and shit on the Blu-ray. Right. I, I picked it up uh, at um, like Con or something, one of those toy con things for like I think like five bucks for the out of print Twilight yeah. Time release. So of course I was going to grab it. It but, is yeah. like you know a lot of the filmmakers from the 20s and 30s and even the. 40s often referenced it as like an important piece yeah. because it taught them how film language could work. That makes sense. Um, I, again, to me, like you I haven't ex- seen it in 20. I, I think you got to go into these years. films in the right context. That the state of mind that like this was a hundred years ago. People like, <laughs> you know, just think of yeah. ten years ago. Some of the shit that we saw in film. <laughs> think of look at the stuff in the 80s. I mean, you know, you, you can't judge everything based on what. It's not the, the racist stuff. Now. Why I don't? Why I? didn't consider it uh a like it's it's crazy racist but yeah. it's i just also just it's like a really basic nothing yeah. plot like it it yes it, it made yeah. narratives make sense on a grander scale with just images oh that that's fine yeah. like i i'm not saying everyone's going to watch this and love these films either i'm just saying like if your only your review is it's racist and that's the end of your review yeah like, that's you nothing know, but anyways, whatever. You can contextualize Again, I'm not, that. I'm not going to judge. You know, if someone's not going to watch it, they can't because they feel it's racist. Then whatever, you you do you. But um, don't. I'm just saying personally, don't let that hold you back because some these are fucking great. From and I'm excited to see. Again, I've seen some of the sequences from the other movies, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, to like see them in. I think. Uh, I have a bunch of them in my playlist, so I'm going to try to get through again. Them all this was something I started weeks. watching some of the shorts, early shorts, because I got uh, I think from Kino actually. Yeah. Um, so I was going to be like, I'm going to go through all of these. And then I didn't because it's like, well, I've seen those movies and I've got this other stack yeah, of movies yeah. where I'm just, I'm, some of that I'm going to throw yeah, away. Yeah, I've never seen I assume, Are these all on like YouTube? Because I assume it's all um, public domain like, at this point, right? A lot of Canopy, a lot of Criterion, yeah. T- Tubby. Uh, yeah, th- th- you can find them good quality. Like that's the thing too, that they're at the point where they're so remastered that they look fucking immaculate mm-hmm. um yeah so. i find the stuff that's on canopy especially is yeah. like and and really charlie chaplin red. again I'm, I'm gonna get through more of his but modern time again a lot of fun too just the, the timing and body language and yeah it's it, it's crazy that like 
you know, a lot of people, myself included, you know, didn't watch these because it's like, ah, it's mm. silent film. It's going to be boring and like black and white. And it's black and white. You Ew. know, whatever reason you didn't watch them. But like, I, I don't know, man. Like, these are just, they're so much fun and they move at a pretty good pace. Like the, They're zippy, yeah. The, the comedy is timeless, right? Like, I think mm. anyone from any generation can watch this and laugh their head off. It's not like it's, you know. And and some of like Chaplin's stuff, like the, like Keaton never, like some of the stories are interesting, but like it was, he was definitely like uh he, the Jackie Chan of his era, mm-hmm, where yeah. that's the secondary element. Where Chaplin, why he pulled in larger audiences often was because he Told have a story. Yeah, yeah. They, there'd be more of a story there. He was more of a sent, sentimental yeah. character as well. Usually, mm-hmm. his movies are kind of sentimental. In yeah. like, not a that's not a derogatory term. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're gonna appeal to the masses more than Keaton as well. I, wonder, I think they're like 10 years after, right? Like Keaton's a lot of well, 20s and Chaplin's a lot of 30s. And- well, modern times is 30s, but all, and uh, but most of his like uh, Gold Rush and they're all the 20s. So okay. they're, they're contemporaries. Yeah. And then Keaton basically gets the tap turned off and Chaplin is the biggest star in the world still. Hmm. So he gets to do whatever he wants and stops making movies that often because... He can... He can yeah. do whatever he wants. He's he had to fight in the, the war. <laughs> he was taking on Hitler overseas. Uh, anyways, what else did you guys watch? I watched that. Uh, you ever seen The Bear? The, I watched season yes. one of The Bear. Uh, you've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, there is this soundtrack that is pretty much like a CD of me <laughs> in like 2003. It's all Wilco and Counting Crows. I'm like, this is so weird. It's almost like they took like a, a CD called like a Car Jams yeah. uh, 02 that like they just put on like, I can see why there's a lot of Wilco. That makes sense. It's in Chicago. Why all the Counting Crows? Like, that's and like you realize weird. like there's good Counting Crows when you when you're listening to this. There is a lot. Like I, I always, yeah. This is but the bear is pretty much best. But this uh, fella who uh, he's a world renowned chef who kind of uh, gets dealt a shitty hand. His brother dies, so he has to take over this pretty much uh, a, a greasy spoon where it has some of the best sandwiches in Chicago. Beef sandwiches, yeah. So he's like, all right, how can I make this uh, following business work with my chef skills? It's about him pretty much burning out, as all chefs do. I yeah, really... and he's already burnt out. Yeah, because right? like, I guess... So there's a reason why he's mm. coming back and leaving the top Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. There is like this weird thing. I, I, I like all the characters because they're all vulnerable, but there's also this weird smugness about them. So n- no one's really likable either, other than, like I guess, Maddie Madison, who plays this guy, Fax. And uh, the the... The guy that dessert chef. Yeah, I guess he's likable too. He's yeah. very likable. But everybody, yeah, everybody else is like, there's parts of their personality where, like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. But, like, that's the show. Yeah. Like, Richie. I, I, I like Richie. Like, he's a character I understand. He's pretty much this Chicago tough who has no business being in a restaurant other than to make sure no one roughs it up. And he is this pretty much guy who's making all these terrible decisions, but he's just Constantly. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like you just watched the first season. Yeah, I, I, I'm like two episodes deep in the second. So, so you haven't got to the Richie stuff in the set. Like, no, no, they I take not. him on a fucking journey. Okay, best use of Taylor Swift on any uh, anything ever. Maybe the best use of Taylor Swift in the history of of anything. Wow, it's <laughs> coming wow. up for you. All right, well, I, I I'm going to give it seven. I feel the show does have teeth. I just don't know where it's going to go because I find even like the uh, the main chef. I don't like this guy. Yeah, I feel like he is a burnt out alcoholic, but he doesn't drink. Do you know what I'm saying? He constantly has that like yeah. flared temper of like every chef that you see who's an alcoholic burnout. Like, but he's not an alcoholic burnout. Is he's this just Jordan? Burnt out. Just a burnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, like I think he's just in a like filled ball of anxiety. I actually, and I, I think 
for the most part, he's the mm. been getting the most praise on the show, and he's kind of my least favorite aspect right? of the show. Uh, there's another uh, there's another chef that comes in who's a failed from a business, but she's kind of uh, the the second best chef. And there is something about her; it's like so vulnerable, but she is such a smug asshole as yeah. well. It's like it's hard to like her as well. But yeah, yeah, but there's there's a lot of heart uh, in the show. The yeah. the Wonder episode. Mm-hmm. Where it's one take, which I'm not usually a huge yeah. fan of. We're gonna talk about in the Maltese Falcon. They have a great oneer as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's the most where they're playing Kid Smoke. Which one is it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah, they, yeah, uh, yeah. The, everything's going haywire yeah. and the machine just starts like giving them so many orders. Yeah, and, yeah. He's that's losing one of the most his intense. Mind. Yeah, that actually ever. Your heart was going yeah. like because. Uh, I used to work at a Taco Bell, so like I don't want to say I was at a Michelin five star, but when it's like intense, it's fucking and that's just intense. the beef. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I liked it more than I think more than you, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm curious to see where a second season goes. Yeah, a lot of people seem to like that one. I, I was I, I probably I liked it a little bit more. But, more Oliver Platt, yeah. but I say that in everything. Yeah, he's he's excellent in this. Um, I also watched a, a TV show that I had one episode left to watch when Shock October began, so I watched that one episode. Uh, Only Murderers in the Building season three. Oh, okay. I actually watched that too. I forgot all about. It. I watched that. <laughs> oh, I just finished it. Yeah. Uh, so you'd watch I, two and and three now? Did we no, talk about I, I watched two of last. I don't know when I watched two, but okay. I had watched every episode but the last one, and then Shocktober happened as well. Oh, really? So Becky watched it. I was <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to wait for me, but yeah. Uh, I just finished it. I heard Paul Rudd is in this. Paul Rudd is in this. He's fun. Uh, Meryl Streep is in it. And what? Might steal the season. Him or her or uh, Matthew Broderick's one uh, section yeah, he's pretty uh, is very funny. <laughs> Does he play I, Cooter? <laughs> no, he plays Matthew Broderick. Oh, I think. Uh, uh, everyone else plays characters, but I I've gotta say this is my least favorite. I I actually like really dislike this season and I almost didn't want to finish it. Yeah. Uh, and apparently bad, eh? Becky felt the same way and she said like her friends at work that watch it and actually my friend at work, everyone I've talked to said the same thing. Like this my well, my one buddy's like, I gave up and I don't know if I'm gonna go back. Yeah, this season's awful. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going awful. I'm just going like the it jokes forgot, aren't forget, really there. I forgot that it's like a mystery, and if the whole show season focuses on a making of a musical, which I don't care about, and you get a lot of musical numbers and like these bad romances stuff that I don't care about. Like Selena Gomez, they she's useless in this season. They give her nothing to do. She, yep. I, I find actually a lot of this. So she's just kind of there to pout. She's kind of like the the, the one the middleman to like the insanity of Martin Short and Steve Martin, but like it gets boring after a while. Well, she's also not they in give the like same space with her. Yeah, yeah Jesse Williams. Like, uh, that's all. Who's bad. also usually terrible. He was in that awful slasher movie that Jay Baruchel directed oh, okay. a few yeah, years oh, ago. Yeah, that's what he was from. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's bad. In this. Like, he's bad in this. I just all the romance stuff that it's like everyone they keep on trying to give a romance to. I don't care about that. I'm not watching this for romance. I'm not watching it for a musical. Give me like the funny shit. You're still getting some good stuff between Short it, Martin Short yeah. and Steve Martin, but it's like like uh, every time they're on I screen, I, I I go I I need to I need to hold this close because this will end yeah. pretty soon, and it's still very good when they're doing that. But you're totally right. All the extremities of this season. The the murder mystery sucks. The, the mystery, like, they forget about it for, like, a long time. And then, like, when it's resolved, it's like, oh, that's all you're going to give it? Like, it was, it's like such a nothing. Nothing. It, it, it almost feels like you wouldn't think this was They're trying to make it some on... uh, 
maternal parental sort of story, I think, to, to mirror a bun- in a bunch of areas. Um, yeah, it's too, it's too bad because both Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep are so game to do anything ridiculous. Like Meryl Streep's yeah. first reading where she goes in to do a reading with the cast is fucking hilarious. But like then, yeah, she gets stuck with Martin Short and a romance for yeah. a lot of it. I do think too, like Paul Rudd is is great in this. He has some great moments, but Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of getting a little sick of that shtick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's been doing the Paul Rudd for everything in ten years. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'd like to see him do something different. But he's uh, a little bit more obnoxious. I mean, you get a couple dramatic yeah. scenes in this. That's like, oh, that was kind of interesting from him. But again, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when he he has a complete breakdown. That's quite like again. Yeah. The season isn't completely a wash. devoid of of. It's it still has good things on screen, but yeah, it, mm-hmm. like a, I thought the second season was a a drop, uh, and this yeah this I, one I is a uh, yeah like, I, I just I I can't imagine me going away because I'm such a big fan of seeing Steve Martin and Martin Short. I think that's the only reason another. I'm sticking with it, and I I'll, I'll probably I'm gonna st- I'm gonna watch the next season, but if it's like ba- I do bad, like I'm the I like the. The whatever the cliffhanger is, I think you could do something interesting yeah, with that because yeah. Steve Martin will be directly yeah uh, related to it. To yeah. Not to give too much away, mm. not that it matters. But they've already had the other um, Selena Gomez was directly related to the other one. I, I know, like and that but that worked yeah. well, right? Like because then the characters, you just need to have, and and I'll put Selena Gomez, put her Martin Short, Steve Martin trying to solve a murder in a room. I want to watch that show. The second they're away from that, Not so and they're much. fighting with each other, like that's always a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. Keep the three going on a fucking investigating. That's exactly. I agree. Let's watch that. Let's not separate them and give them their own. I don't care about their own stories, their romances. Keep the three together, and, and that's definitely where it's the best. But uh, what, what are you going to give this season? Uh, I think I'm. I'm still six. Oh wow. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, I don't know, three or four. Oh, wow. wow. I, yeah. I, again, I, like I said, off. I was almost not even going to finish it. I was like, this is terrible. Um, yeah, I still, like, there's too much enjoyment when they were around. But there was a couple in the middle that was really painful. And also, that's why I was able to wait a month. Yeah. The, the good news is I get the impression, like, a lot of people are feeling this way. So hopefully they take this, they listen to people and... You know they've they're going to lose a lot of fans. I think they already lost a lot of fans of this season. That you know, hopefully they. It's still like the highest listen. rated thing, for, like on. Well, but yeah, because yeah. whatever. But but yeah. So yeah, like they've still got they've got a lot of leeway. I think to still mm. pl- play with it because it's. But uh, if I'm then and now, the only thing is, maybe you got to start thinking the end, right? At a certain point, yeah. Like in a lot of ways, this was a great idea for one season of a show. Yeah. The only reason they're still doing it is because Steve Martin has basically said, "When I'm done, this is it. This is probably it for him. Like, like he he doesn't want to put in the work. And this is a show that it goes by his hours. The exact like he has all these demands. He says they sometimes push me, but for the most part, they do exactly what I want mm-hmm. to do, and that's why I'm still making it. Because how old is he? Seventy eight or yeah, yeah. No, he's got to be up there. Um, so. I'll take my Steve Martin time when I can get it because we won't get it for much longer, probably. 
Uh, I, I watched uh, Kubo and the Two Strings from 2016. Who uh, was it? This is a like. Uh, have you seen this? No. Like animation. I think this. No, it's not. It's not their newest one. The Missing Link is the newest, which mm. I didn't love. This is their second newest one. But this is actually my son. It's one of his favorite movies. So we picked up all the the 4K releases from Shell Factory. Uh, we did Coraline in Halloween. Some of the best looking release. This is one of the best looking releases I own like yeah. ever in general. It just looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, like animation, stop motion, uh, voiced by Matthew McConaughey, Charlize Theron, Ralph Fiennes, Runa Mary, George Takai. But it's pretty much this young boy. Um, his mother's ill. And, uh, you know, you find out that uh, her, his grand, grand, grandpa, um, his, his mother's uh, father, and her two sisters, you know, they're the ones that, that they took out the kid's eye because he's got a patch. They tried to kill her. They escaped. Uh, you don't know what happened to uh, his father, but he was apparently a samurai that disappeared. Um, anyways, it ends up he, he uh, has to go in hiding, and uh, he, he has um, his... He has this little monkey toy that he always carried around, statue, and it comes to life. I guess the mom brings it to life, uh, you know, before her demise uh, to help him. And then a little samurai made out of um, paper. Um, mache? Uh, what's it called? Uh, not paper mache. <clears throat> um, origami. Origami. Is there to help him. <clears throat> and that's voiced by Matthew McConaughey. Or, sorry, another samurai. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stop motion with samurais. And yeah. a bunch of stuff. It's it's very like touching an emotional journey, um, but yeah, for me, I don't know. This one doesn't connect. Like I still really like it, but to me, it's missing something that mm-hmm. really connects it to me. Like I do Coraline or something. But again, one of the one of the, like the best looking films. Uh, it just looks. I love fucking stop motion. Yeah. I, like to me, I watch like ten seconds of this, and it's better than a three hour. Like anything. Any CGI movie, nothing compares to this, in my opinion. It's yeah. not even like in the same ballpark. Like they shouldn't even be brought up. It's like CGI, even the best CGI film. I'm trying to think it would be. I have Th- no this idea. Destroys it. It destroys it. It's reboot. Just so, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna give it seven and a half out of ten. I don't have much to say about the plot, and I don't really want to you know spoil too much because a lot of it is is finding out. But yeah, it's just got great set pieces, action scenes, and just really just a gorgeous looking movie. Yeah, right on. That's all I watched. Yeah, me too. I got one more that I'll be quick with. So this is actually Noir Save for the End. Uh, I did DOA from 1949. I've been wanting to watch this for the longest time, of course, DOA, standing for Dead on Arrival. I'm, this is one I don't think I've seen. Or yeah. Dead or Alive? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be Dead or Alive either. But I think this one yeah, dead is on arrival. Dead, dead on Arrival. So anyways, his accountant, he's heading on vacation. Uh, he's going to go solo despite his secretary girlfriend is madly in love with him, wants to go with him, but he's like, no, I need to go on this by myself. And she says, okay, you know, do your thing. And pretty much, like, he goes on this trip, and it's just a getaway to, to get his fuck on. Like, <laughs> he's just there. He goes, like, hedonism Literally, it's something. like he's there, and as he's signing into the hotel, he's checking out every woman that walks by. He's like a dog in heat. Yeah. He's just a horny bastard. Bird dogging everybody in sight. Um, but anyways, you know, he meets this group of businessmen across the hall, and they're going to go to this bar. And as he's at this bar, um, he, uh, someone someone slips something into his drink, and you don't see who did it. Um, and then he wakes up, and he's poisoned, and he's only got days to live. It could be 24 hours. It could be, you know, two days, a week at most. But he's dead. Like, there's no cure for this. Um, so he sets out to investigate who did it, why they did it. Um and uh, and that's kind of the plot. 
I did find it to be a little confusing. They throw a lot of names, and he's going here and then here, and there's all these twists and turns, and it was kind of hard to keep track of. I had to like go on Wikipedia and pause, and be like, okay, wait, so what's going? Who's this person again? Um, but yeah, I, I still really liked it. It's one of those ones like it kind of you know it's it's only got so much time because this guy's going to get so much mm-hmm. t- time to live, and you're trying to figure oh who who was that you know who did it and why. Um, I'll say the ending was like a big surprise. Um, and I won't say more than that, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I, I loved it. I'm going to probably give seven out of ten. Yeah, um, it was missing a little something, uh, but uh, it, it definitely. Uh, yeah, I've had the remake for the longest time. That I think has uh, Meg Ryan and uh, what was her husband at the time? Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. So huh. we'll see. I might possibly get to that later this this month. But yeah, it, it's definitely still worth a watch. I, I enjoyed it for sure. Cool. So that's. What we've been watching? Shall we get into? Uh, yeah, let's throw up here's the trailer. No more Maltesing. Let's get to Maltesing. Am I right? <laughs> uh, let's throw up the trailer for the Maltese Falcon from 1941. Come closer. I want to talk to you. I'm going to tell you an astounding story. The story of the Maltese Falcon. Six hundred years, the Falcon has carried the mystery of a fabulous wealth under its grotesque wings. I could tell you a thousand tales of the men and women who have hunted this evil bird. But every story has the same ending. Murder. Listen to these incredible people, all consumed by their passionate greed for the Maltese falcon. What have you ever given me beside money? Have you ever given me any of your confidence, any of the truth? Haven't you tried to buy my loyalty with money and nothing else? What else is there I can buy you with? I won't play the sap for you. I haven't lived a good life. I've been bad. Worse than you could know. We were talking about a lot more money than this. There are more of us to be taken care of now. Well, that may be, but I've got the falcon. You may have the falcon. We certainly have you. I've taken a lot of riding from you, I'm gonna take. Get up and shoot it out. Stop it, the police will be here any minute. Now talk. Oh, how can you accuse me of such a tip? This isn't the time for that schoolgirl act. We're both of us sitting under the gallows.
San Francisco private detective Sam Spade takes on a case that involves him with three eccentric criminals, a gorgeous liar, and their quest for a priceless statuette. Yes, we're talking about John Houston's The Maltese Falcon from 1941. John Houston's debut. Yeah, which is crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, John Houston, I guess he'd go on to do, of course, the stars Humphrey Bogart. They'd go on to do several pictures together, Treasure of the Sierra... Madre. Madre, uh, Key Largo, African Queen. I don't know if they did any other ones. Meet the Devil. Meet the Devil. Uh, yeah, oh, and became, devil, sorry. Be- became uh, close friends yeah. uh, on this. And I guess a lot of people that worked on it, Peter Laurie, who's in it, Mary Astor, I think became car- part of their crew. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and also, like, isn't it uh, Sydney? Uh, yeah, Sydney Greenstreet's his first movie too. So he's he's kind of the big crime boss, literally mm. big. He's, he was a massive dude, like in height. They keep calling girth. like about his girth, don't they? In this film, well, <laughs> they call I guess him the that's big a man. big thing. Like for the making of, yeah. they had to like, get specially Make made suits and everything for him. Yeah, yeah, that, um, like actual chairs just for <laughs> him. That is also insane that this is his debut film. He'd never acted in a film before because he's fucking great in this. Like mm. he steals a show. I thought. Like, yeah, he owns it. He's got he's like this amazing kind of laugh and uh, yeah, yeah, presence. Um, mind yeah. you, this is kind of one of those movies where like everyone is, I mean, maybe you guys are just, I will say maybe, well, Mary Astor is pretty good, but I don't think she's as memorable as some other characters. But no, like, I, I think Mary Astor might be the weak link of this uh, mm-hmm. in in some ways. Peter Laurie is always great. And of course, our favorite, uh, fucking Alicia Cook Jr. is incredible. Yeah, in he's this. so he good in this. so good Which, in this. We'll talk about some of his scenes. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil quite yet, but yeah. It, it is just one of those movies where every, I, I feel, and even the, the the cops are investigating him, yeah. and he's doing the back and forth. Like the, it's just what Everyone makes this film tick is pretty much how everyone's playing off of each mm-hmm. other because and the th- banter, the plot's yeah. not that great. Like it's like okay, it's a cool plot, but what makes this movie hum is like everyone just kind of back and forth dialogue. Yeah, and like all it, these like cool characters. It, it is the characters that drive this one more than like the mall. The Maltese Falcon that they're all after is this, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think this fine. is a lot of noir films, right? It's usually mm-hmm. simple plots, usually MacGuffin. Like, it just feels like even like the uh, the reason why people are doing things for this don't always. Peter Lorre yeah. doesn't. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that makes sense. Like the only ones that really I believe is Sydney Greenstreet. Like even Bogart's character occasionally does some something to move the mm-hmm. plot along. Usually with Mary Astor, that's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I yeah. buy their romance yes. or whatever that's no. supposed to be. And I know, like, the ending, you know, it might not be, qu- you know, quite the romance. But, uh, but yeah, like, they, there is even scenes where they're talking about loving you and loving him. It's like, what? You've had, like, one or two scenes as a woman. <laughs> and it didn't seem like, didn't you, like, slap her around yeah. or tell, yeah, tell it, her that you think she's bullshit? It's not like, like some of these scenes. Yeah, I'm going to slap you and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. Was that, that, you talk, was that yeah. her? No, yeah. uh, no, that's to uh, uh, Peter Laurie. Laurie, which yeah. is Laurie. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like in other noirs, you get this like electrifying moment between the two leads, and you go, "Oh yeah, they like yeah. I, I buy this." They, they, you're, you're kind of steaming up over here, uh, but at the same time, the fun that everybody is having in this, oh, yeah. and really this this I makes, think it's all about the dialogue for me. And yeah, and it makes so Bogart's punchy. career yeah. really. I can see that uh, this character Sam Spade. I would watch. 
eight more movies with this characters going around like hanging out and like solving crimes. Yeah. Like this character is so lovable. Like and, okay, lovable's not the right word, but like smart and like you want to be this guy. You want to be like that ruthless. Like yeah, I'll punch ruthless, somebody. Ruthless, but like I'll take you. has has a very strict ethical code. I'm gonna too. take your gun off of you and make you cry. <laughs> like. Well, apparently, I guess this was written by, uh, sorry, this John Hughes did the screenplay, but the original novel was written by uh, Dashiell Hammett, I think is his name. Uh, he also wrote the Thin Man series, a uh, bunch of other spy uh, series, I believe. And a lot of the characters are based yeah, well, that, that's people. the thing. I guess he was saying. Well, he said like Bogart's character wasn't, but th- he was based on what every detective wanted to be or thought they yeah. were. Yeah, um, that makes sense. You know, he is. He's definitely like the badass detective. He's always ahead of everyone. The smartest guy in the he's room. He's tough. He's always got to come back. Uh, yeah, like this. I don't know. I love Bogart and Big Sleep, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Both characters are like top. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. top noir characters for me. Yeah, like I he, he I I think this is why like he's in I've seen High Sierra which is before this and it's kind of like proto but it plays the anger maybe too much t- mm. and too in your face like he, he gets so great because there's a rage behind him mm-hmm. that you can see like But it's like a controlled rage even when he's talking to the cops like he's like a he's spiking him a little bit like with his dialogue even in a uh, in a lonely place he's got like that rage where he sometimes bursts out but it's still mm-hmm. most of the time it's just like this ball yeah. of something and, and and maybe that's from being a failed actor for so <laughs> many years and kind of having a fucked up life yeah. before he like he's fairly old when he becomes a star mm-hmm. like this is the movie that made him a star and he's already 42 or 43 or something over the hell now I, I we still got a shot, guys. <laughs> yeah, not much of a shot. But we'll, we'll get leading men status is is this close. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I'm not going to talk too much about them because <laughs> I call me Brad Pitt stains. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen them, but I guess this is the third adaptation of the novel. There was uh, one, I think, a year after the novel was written in 1931, and that one actually had some stuff that they were able they had to cut out of this. Uh, this that I think that was pre code, so it had like references to homosexuality. I guess in the book, Welmer's character. Uh, is pa- is is in a relationship with um uh what's his name Green Green uh Green oh Gu- I, uh Gutman 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 yeah okay, Green they're kind of in that old man young boy relationship oh, yeah. in the book and also I, I guess there's a scene where um oh Spade uh, strip searches uh, Wonderly for the for the thousand dollar bill and oh. I guess so that was. I guess what happened is the the code came out and then so they weren't able to screen that film anymore. It didn't pass. So that's like, well, we can't show that film anymore. And even though that one is supposed to be pretty close to the book, uh, even though I don't think the author liked it, mm-hmm. that was a need to to do the film again. And they did they did a second film, which was more of a comedy and kind of just loose adaptation called Satan Made a Lady. Um but I think this is the adaptation that like Satan made a lady. Met a lady. Oh, met a oh, lady. Met. Sorry. Um, but th- this is kind of the which I never heard of until yeah, this I didn't moment, with either. Betty Davis in the lead role. What? Yeah. Um, but this is kind of the no the one's talking the def- about the yeah the definite <laughs> version. Um, I yeah, do want to see those. I'm curious for sure. Yeah, I'd be cu- I'd be probably more curious about the pre code. Yeah. One because yeah, being, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess the thing that Houston fought for was the amount of drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like he he can't not be a drinker. This is a guy that drinks a half a bottle of whiskey yeah. every day. Yeah, that was one of the things they didn't allow want to allow. But I think that yeah, like you said, he fought for and got it. I, I think a lot of times it was a negotiation. 
Yeah. Like, oh, we were going to have this crazy strip search. And they're like, what? No, yeah. not that. <laughs> get, 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 get that. And you're like, okay, fine. We'll take that out. You win. You win. But can we have them dr- occasionally, you know, drinking? Yeah. No. I, so, anyways, the, the plot of the, the movie is this woman comes and says that uh, her sister, right, has been... Yeah. Yeah. Her sister's with this, with this guy and has been caught, possibly kidnapped. She's meeting with this. Uh, she couldn't get a hold of her sister, but she's going to meet with the man. Uh, and, 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 and is she passing money to him or something? But uh, uh, Spade's character, Bogart's uh, character, has a partner. They're, they're, they're a detective agency. And the partner's going to go because he's... A little he, bit sweet on the girl. Even though he's got a wife, a wife that doesn't but give a fuck about him. But she's two-timing him with Spade, yeah, right? But yeah, but he's all excited. Yeah. He's going to follow this woman. But he goes, and while well, on this case, he's, he's shot and killed... Um, and that's where this kind of starts. And then the woman goes missing. And then it, it just, you know, it goes from there. Peter Laurie shows up at his agency. I and, love this character, Peter Laurie. Oh, yeah. Pulling he a gun a, on him. And, he's and, such a swamp <laughs> fella. Like, he, can, he gets a gun pulled on him, knocks fella out, steals a gun. What else happens in this scene? It's like such a weird thing. Like then he gets a gun pulled on him for a second time. And well, then he, he hands a, yeah, he hands he the gun to, back as he's yeah. leaving, and then he tries to pull a gun on him again. <laughs> well, and he, he does, and he's yeah. and, and he smarts he, him again, though, right? No, then yeah. he then they search the room. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I love that scene. Yeah, and and that does lead to like you said, one of the best lines where like it's a later scene. It's Peter Laurie in the I think the 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 woman slaps him, and he's gonna slap her back, and Bogart jumps in. And then he's like, uh, when you're slapped, you'll like it. Take it. Just start slapping around like such a fucking great line. Such a great scene. When you're slapped, you'll take it yeah. and you'll like it. <laughs> he's got a lot of those. My, my other favorite one is, uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, People lose teeth talking like that. If you want to hang around, you'll be polite. <laughs> and uh, what was the other one? Again, I'm not delivering this Bogart style, but uh, um, what was the other one? Um I'm not gonna. The other one's kind of a spoiler. But <laughs> he's got a he's got a lot of great ones. There's one too where he's like, um, uh, "You got a smooth explanation for everything," and he's like, "What do you want me to do? Learn to stutter or something?" <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, great, you could. There was quote after quote that I was like, "That's so fucking good." The way he dogs Alicia Cook's character oh, is so the whole good. Movie. He's just constantly like badgering, like, "Yeah, a bunch of newsies stole his guns. I figure I stole and gave him back." <laughs> Well, again, he constantly outsmarts him too, yeah. right? Like, well, he's Boger, like Boger gets his like guns. how many guns yeah. pulled on him in this movie, and he, and he always, doesn't have like, a gun. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the big thing. He doesn't carry a gun, and everybody else does, and he's still mm-hmm. uh, coming out on top. There, there is the scene though where he doesn't necessarily come out on top, which is most of these detective novels. They do get kind of messed around yeah. at some point. That's brilliant when when you have Sidney Greenstreet doing this giant lawn monologue and kind of explaining everything, and they do it in this one... Like the statue goes yeah. back, doesn't it go back to the Knights of Templar or something like that yeah. or yeah. something? Yeah. Uh, it's just a brilliant scene, but then it's like, why... Are, like, you're getting this whole story, you're getting this set up, and why are you having... Like, why is this shot this way? Why is this done this way? And it's the slow reaction of what's happening mm-hmm. to Bogart um that makes it all worthwhile it's, it's is that a spoiler what's happening i guess it is right like yeah i guess what's yeah. happening to him is a little bit of a spoiler but yeah an excellent excellent scene that deserves that sort of mm-hmm. uh fixation on those two characters with the camera I, I do want to talk about one of my favorite scenes which I, it's a spoiler but i don't think it's a spoiler if you don't know the context uh but Bogar is convincing uh i can't forget this fucking guy's name gut gutman gutman yeah 
he's convincing Gutman that there has to be a fall guy, and he wants to place it on Welmer. Yeah, oh, so good. Um, Welmer Cook, Alicia Cook Jr.'s character. And man, this whole movie, he's just fucking just become he's his whipping boy the whole movie he needles him he hates so well. hates bogart so much and he's got the gun pulled on him and finally he's on top but you can see bogart slowly convincing his boss who he's kind of seen as his father figure to turn on it and just you get this look in his eye and it's like anger but you also see the tears coming like yeah, his he eye actually like he wells up he's like. just so angry but so like you know, you get the impression this is probably this kid that has probably been beaten and mm-hmm. and been the whipping boy his whole life and now he's got the gun and, and he feels like he's got a home yeah mm-hmm. and then bogart comes in and it's just uh, again it's, alicia it's, cook it's so Jr. fucking good is it sells that yeah and it, i don't think he gets mentioned enough in this movie like you hear about all the other performances i find and i didn't hear his name it's because you can see enough. him as him just a like a whipping boy or yeah. a one-dimensional mm-hmm. character but i think you got it right why he doesn't it's that tear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's some of his other reactions where you see the the kind of like stooge he, in a lot of other movies. He comes off as like a cocky fella at first, but then like he gets like cowed each time, and like he gets more and more dejected. And, and also, there's a, a weird rage that happens yeah. with him. Alicia Cook Jr. is amazing. Yeah, one of the all time great character actors. It, he really is right. Like you could probably like name like a thousand. I movies think he's he's, he's always a supporting actor, so he doesn't get. You know, yeah. he almost gets overshadowed at times. But the like, closest might be the killing. Yeah, where mm-hmm. he actually he's gets, still a supporting uh, character. Like Sterling yeah. Hayden is the lead, of course, but he gets a lot. Like a lot of the story revolves around him, where he's not, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just some weird guy in the alley at Messiah, <laughs> of, Evil. Messiah of Evil. And then yeah, and Mary Astor's in there. She's kind of like you don't know. Can you trust her? Because it seems like every time she's telling a story. It's that. It's a story. She's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. But again, like Bogart's Bogart, and he's always that one step ahead of the game. So there's that constant going throughout the story, too. Like, can you trust her ever? And uh, what side? Who's playing who? It is a lot of, like, who's playing who? Because there's a lot of characters, and everyone is kind of bullshitting. Everyone's getting and, double-crossed. Yeah, and... yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is a film, I think, I don't know if this is a film that got me into noir, but I remember liking this, and I think then there's the next couple of films I really loved. But I feel like every time I go back to this film, I like and it more and like more. Is this like your third or fourth viewing, or something? Like that. And that's I feel like, like we've talked about this on, and I think that's the, in like as many years. Like I feel like I've watched it three or four times in the past three or four years. I believe um, your uh, letterbox will will tell you. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll look it up as you guys discuss. But this is a film, like you know, I, I was kind of worried, like because I wanted Maddie to see it. I feel like this is one that we needed to cover, mm-hmm. but I was also kind of worried. Yeah, so I've watched it. I watched in 2019, 2021, and now 2022. So three times in four years, and I was I was not bored at all. Like I was, it was like I was watching it for the first time. I, I think like, I think this was one of the movies that I, whenever I watched it, yeah, I think I had seen this as a as a kid. But when I rewatched it when I was in my early twenties, I rewatched it again like the same year, like yeah. year. It, it it was just like so important. And I think it did. It was one of those movies too for me, but. I, I didn't know because I probably haven't watched it in 15 years. So sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes like, I, I really didn't know how I was going to feel about this because it's like a distant memory mm-hmm. in a little way. Actually, like the three of the four movies that were doing this, I haven't seen in a very, very long time. And the one I haven't seen at all. So it's, it is like going in fresh. But yeah, it's still like you see why this kind of shot off 
this pulpy crime thriller sort of genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has the the Halloween kind of an, uh, analogy is a great I, one. I do kind of worry because we're starting this one that everything this month is going to feel lesser. But uh, I, I, well, we'll talk about it next week. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, we'll see. Um, like this is great. Like. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's it's hard to beat the thing that started. It's just like Halloween. If you did Halloween and then yeah. you were doing something that's yeah also quite amazing as a I, this is a bad genre for me because I was going to name a few movies and I was like, well, I didn't, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. Well, that doesn't work for me, but yeah. for most people that wouldn't. Make, yeah. But you know, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like this is a this is kind of a diverse grouping we have. Um, mm-hmm. Another Houston. I guess we could give it away. We're we're doing the Killers from 1946 next week, and mm-hmm. Houston wrote a, mo- a lot of that dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get out of here! I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to talk about one other scene in this. Uh, well, not really a scene, but like, there's a great moment too. Just his lack of emotion when he finds out what happened to his partner is kind of an interesting and in, in, uh, I don't know. He is stone scene. cold. Like man. he just he's just like business. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, uh, like his revenge for his partner isn't because he liked his partner. It's just the it's way almost you like do he it. feels you have, to do, you have to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, he, yeah. Uh, do, do you guys have anything else more? We can do a tiny his bit of spoilers here. In this, uh, she's pretty much his girl Friday, almost like the uh, the Robin to his Batman, and she gets no like credit in this either. Right? Yeah, I, like, I actually think she's a great character yeah. too. Yeah. Like, just like uh, there's a lot of chemistry. I think there's. More chemistry between her yeah, and yeah. Mary Astor, and, and even like uh, the, the the fellow's wife that he was two timing on his partner with. Like, I feel there's no part, like no chemistry there either. Now, like, do you think they were were together? They were right. Like, she was definitely like. like well, she's definitely in love with them. I just didn't know. Oh if yeah, they, there was they, they had. Yeah, he took advantage of the situation. I think because okay. uh, I know. I think in the book they definitely do more. But in this one, it's, they, they infer that like they yeah, had they, a relationship. They definitely like. Um, I don't think he wanted to m- steal her away, though. Yeah. No, he just wanted to get his Bogart uh, humped. <laughs> Humphrey. Uh, <laughs> is, is that a term? <laughs> they don't, you, his, don't Humphrey, his Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> I do want to talk about some spoilers, but why don't we give up our ratings first? I'm going to go eight. I'm uh, I don't think about this. I'm gonna jump in. I I I went up. I'm going nine out of ten. Ooh. I fucking love this movie. This is like top for me. Uh, I'm, I'm it's a it's a maniac oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just how much of it is a maniac. Yeah. I guess I don't have to belabor this one too much. I think I'm gonna go. I think this is a nine for me as well. Yeah, this is all right. Cool. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm not. I I I think I I think going into this, I might have thought it was like even higher in hmm. my brain. I think the I forgot that I didn't really, and I remembered right when I watched. It, I was like, oh yeah, the, there's not like that him and Bacall sort mm. of, or even him and Gloria Graham sort of relationship. Mm. Like, I, there's no heat between him and Mary Astor no. in this. I don't even know why they made like any kind of relationship there because it never feels. Well, it's like, for the end because then yeah. you don't have the end. So maybe yeah. that's a good segue into the story. Yeah, I guess let's talk about... Uh, yeah, so we'll put the, the time at the bottom uh, for the spoilers. Uh, I think you should skip past this if you haven't seen the movie because, mm. I mean, a lot of this is finding out, you know, yeah. the spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump into it. 
Um, well, but before we get into what happens to the, to the the female, what's her name? Like I just can't even call the female because she was so unmemorable. Mary Astor. Mary Astor. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, the the whole. She has two names. I don't yeah, remember she goes either. By of them. Like yeah. Winchester or something like that. Win- let's talk thing. about the the uh, what the malt the the falcon ends up being. So kind of like a big shock, and I remember I almost felt disappointed this the first time I yeah. saw it. They they open it up and the falcon's there, and it turns out. That it's a fucking fake. Yeah, I love that about this. This whole movie, they're after nothing. You know, something that's worth nothing. And I love I like do love that reveal because I like when they, it's yeah. my first time seeing it. So when they're opening it up, I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna get to see this bird that everyone's kind of getting murdered and murdering after. Like, oh, it's well, it looks fucking. It's cool. Except when they the open birds it, are all. Until... There's three of them. They're worth like over a million each now. Yeah, the yeah, props. Yeah. They're like the, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. most More expensive so than the prop actual in the it, yeah. to purchase in the world or something. Like I, I want to get one. Of, I want to get a fake one of those. They're probably production. not more than yeah. Dorsey's <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Um, I think that's considered wardrobe. Ah. So the, uh, that that's maybe the difference. But uh, yeah, I, and I love uh, Gutman's reaction. Like Peter Lorre's just fucking pissed. He just rips into Gutman and does this whole big insult. But Gutman is like angry, angry, disappointed because he's been searching for this 15 years. But he's just kind of like, oh, well, let's move on to it's the search. One, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, let's go to this. Now we got to go to Egypt. Who's who's in? <laughs> uh, I love that. I, yeah, it is such a surprise shock ending. Uh, but then the, the then on top of that, uh, I don't know. When you guys want to jump in? Yeah, yeah. What well, was on top of that? I, I don't remember. With uh, well, with um, the care uh, with Mary Astor. Oh, yeah, with Mary Astor. So Mary Astor's been trying to pull a fast one on Bogart this whole time, and she ends up being, you know, a murderer. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, it turns out she's the one that murdered his partner. He, he kind of manipulates her into telling the truth finally, which she'd been just lying to him the whole time. And even though he supposedly loves her, those are my big giant quotation marks yeah, going yeah. across the screen right now. Um, he's still going to turn her in. And I, and I wrote down again. I'm not Bogart, but I, I just love this scene, this little dialogue. I hope they don't hang you, precious, by that sweet neck. Yes, Angel, I'm going to send you over. The chances are you'll get off with life. That means if you're a good girl, you'll be out in 20 years. I'll be waiting for you. If they hang you, I'll always remember you. Like yeah. what a fucking <laughs> great line! It's kind of like like he has a pause there too. Yeah, it's like perfect. I love you, and if you if you get out in 20 years, I'll I'll, I'll be waiting here for you. But if they hang you, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgive the the flaccid rom- romantic yeah. stuff for, for that, like... There's uh, another one right before reveal. it, which I didn't write down, but he kind of says something similar, like, it's kind of like, I love you, but you got to pay your, your yeah. you know, pay for your crimes. Mm. But, um, yeah, what it's like, what a shock ending. Like, you mm. think somehow it would all work get out. her off and it's going to work out, and it's like, nope. Um, and in the spoilers, I'm going to keep this in the spoiler just because, but I guess... The way the book ended uh, is a little bit different in, in the book, um, and, and all the characters get off right. The Gutman, yep. uh, Welmer, even escapes while they're looking at at the Falcon and and Cairo, uh, Laurie's character. They all escape, but in the book, I guess it's like there's like an after, and it's like those characters they mentioned that they were caught the next day or something, which I think the movie is way Ooh, better. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also kind the, of crazy that they. They got away with that with the Hayes Coast. Maybe just because they stuck it so much on the woman, they were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get her. Get her. Get her. Get that female. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, the only other thing is the whole famous line that we didn't even talk about, the stuff that dreams are made of. Uh, what is it? The stuff that dreams oh, yeah. are made of uh, is not even in the book. They made that up for the movie. Uh. So, um, 
Oh, oh, and and the widow shows up. His partner's widow shows up at the end, and Spade invites her into the office. So, like, it's maybe there is gonna be a romance going on, which I think sucks too. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I much prefer the changes. In yeah. The movie. Um, is that it for spoilers? Anything? Yeah, else? I think so. Uh, so the only thing I else I want to talk about is trivia. I'll, I'll be really quick. I just got two things here. Budget three hundred seventy-five thousand made one point eight million. So a big Ooh. success in the time. That's like, I guess that? one uh, of the most efficient sets supposedly. Well, that makes sense. It's not a whole history. lot of like set pieces. Houston right? and Houston knew he didn't he storyboard like all, yeah everything, he storyboarded is, everything. I don't think that was being done a lot then. I think only Hitchcock was really doing that sort yeah. of work because he had like everything perfectly timed and on budget and. Below think, budget, right? I below think. Budget. Yeah, like I, th- I think he was just like, I get this shot. I don't want to go back into the writers' room. I want to be the guy calling all the shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, I, I think it. there was not one wasted piece of dialogue. Every dialogue made it into the film, right? Uh, and then the only thing I ever had that that else I had, I guess this film was a big success. So they actually planned to do an immediate sequel afterwards, which. I, I guess it could have been really great. Yeah. It could have been bad. But I guess, yeah, it didn't happen um, just because I think Bogart and Houston, uh, I guess they were both wanted a bigger paycheck after this. Now this movie, you know, was this huge success and, and uh, the studio wasn't I think it probably played out better something. for yeah. both of them too, getting yeah. to do a lot of different things and Bogart doing more. The only uh, piece of trivia I wanted to mention is uh, John Houston's falter, Walter Houston, who's, who's a big part of Treasure of Sierra Madre. He's got a, a cameo. Okay. He's hmm. Captain Jacoby, who comes into the oh, office. Oh, okay. And I didn't clock that the first time, probably because I didn't really like know what he looked like. Yeah, uh, hmm. but yeah, it was I don't guess. I guess they also played a prank. Mary Astor sounds like an awesome person. I don't. We shouldn't have been shitting in her honor. <laughs> she was always playing pranks with the guys all the time. She she had a thing where she'd invite Peter Laurie into her room and 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 her dressing room and then. He would come out with uh, his like flying down, and he'd pull it up and he'd say, "See you later, Mary." And, you know. <laughs> uh, but she also called up Walter Houston and pretended to be the head of the production office or whatever, and said, "I'm I'm sorry, sir, but so and so thinks you need to come back." The overacting was just so so <laughs> so palatable. It was so over the top that we needed, and he was like. No one has said I have overacted in my. And actually, Walter Houston, that's what he kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I am overacting? <laughs> uh, which is actually funny. And then you know, I'll pass you along to so and so. And it was John Houston, and he was doing a voice. And that's pretty funny. And actually. he gets even more irate. And and re- and then until if you know John Houston, he's got a very recognizable laugh. And uh, kind of. And I think that gave him away. So off to a good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. man. It's a maniac. Yep. <laughs> War member, baby. Maniac, maniac. If you got any uh, Noir movies uh, recommendations, if you want to talk about the Maltese Falcons, you can email us at moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at moviecitymaniacs. Yeah, and then Facebook group page, like page, just search Movie City Maniacs. You'll find us. Uh, yeah, we'll be back, as uh, Adam uh, mentioned earlier, uh, next week with The Killers from 1946. Uh, yeah, and we're going to continue this no- November goodness. Uh, this is always a fun month. A lot of fun titles here and a lot of maniacs usually crop up out of this month. So It, it is probably, you know, um, um, again, like this is a month that usually is... It's also because we're just watching classics. It, That's just Like it, you right? said earlier... Noir November number ten. Yeah, well, that told me kind of. It, it get might away be from uh, it might be harder to find those things. That's and, and usually our other kind of genre pieces we're doing we're we're deep diving a little bit more mm-hmm. um, than this one. Cool, cool. Well, Stay thanks scared. for listening, guys. All right.